On the program today, we have Grady County Emergency Management Director Dale Thompson. Dale, here we are in March, and uh, time to talk about severe weather. Not that we haven't been doing that already for the last uh, right. couple of months, right? That's right. <laughs> kind of a little early for us. It seems like it, uh, yeah. but uh, it's just uh, interesting how Mother Nature raises her eyebrows at us head sometimes That's watch right. this <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've already had some active weather but already we've had some records right as far as tornadoes are concerned for, yeah. for oklahoma yes so far uh, according to the weather service we had three in december and i think there was about six reported in january and the preliminary is nine is maybe maybe as much as 12 for the uh, february so, yes, it's already been active in three records in three months. That's a record that I don't like to see happen very often. No doubt. One of those tornadoes uh, in Grady County up around the Tuttle area. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did you see uh, after that one that uh, that went through? Well, we you know, I got some reports from the fire chiefs and police chiefs, you know, just some minor damage, roof damage, some sheds and fences and stuff like that. But uh, really, actually, we had two confirmed tornadoes from the right. Minko, weather service. Right? Minko, the one over by Minko. And the one, a real brief one down there uh, on the south side of Ninicol. So that was an EF0. The one at, uh, in the Minko area was EF1. So, you know, luckily not a lot of damage, but, uh, you know, any damage is, is considerable if it's on your property. No doubt. So what have you been doing the off season? Try to get ready for the real season, which uh, will be... We're already in it, I guess, but uh, yeah. runs through uh, much of the spring and into early summer. Yeah, usually the last two uh, two weeks of March into April and May and the first two weeks of June is our primary uh, severe weather season, if you want to call it that. But, uh, you know, we, we have briefings with the National Weather Service once, once a month, once each uh, week, once a week with the National Weather Service. And then here recently, they just started having briefings on Thursdays in the afternoon. So now we get more of a picture of Monday and Thursday, and that way it kind of covers the week up. To, and it lets us know what's what they think's coming, what uh, their probabilities are and stuff. So, you know, we, we keep in con- constant with uh, contact with the National Weather Service. So it's, it's always preparedness in our office. You... All the state emergency management directors were at a conference before uh, that last outbreak came out, right? That was yeah. interesting, I'm sure. Week, uh, week before last, uh, when the tornadoes happened on Sunday, we were in Durant at our state emergency manager conference. So we had four to 500 emergency managers down there. And Sunday after our training day was done, that's when the storms moved in. And, of course, we had several people from the National Weather Service at the conference. So... Uh, they were passing information back to us as well as, you know, their uh, Facebook and other social media stuff. So uh, it was interesting watching all of us looking at our radars and uh, communicating with our police chiefs and fire chiefs and uh, mayors and stuff like that of different uh, parts of the county. So it was it got pretty hot and heavy. I mean, we, we fared a lot better than the rest of them did. You know, once it got out through Grady County, and moved over into Cleveland County, then it kind of picked up on uh, intensity. So some of the emergency managers actually had to leave the conference to go to their jurisdiction. So Now, I didn't hear, but the, the, 
a lot of damage in Norman, that tornado yes. that hit. The, how far was that from the National Weather Service up there? It was there? about a half a mile east-southeast of the National Weather Center. And I think there was like uh, 400 homes that were, uh, you know, sub- got some kind of damage. And there were quite a few that were uh, major damage or even destroyed. I know they're talking about probably a four to six week cleanup to get oh, yeah, all that debris. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, sad up there. But, uh, yeah. well, let's talk about uh, how we can get ready for severe weather season and uh, uh, just a few things to uh, to consider. Yeah. You know, as we'd say every year, you know, have a plan in place. Uh, if you have a safe room, you know, a lot of people put safe rooms over the past few years. Uh, you need to clean those things out, uh, you know, get in, let them air out, clean them up, restock them with supplies uh, that you might need in the event that you need to go to the safe room. So, and then just, you know, have a plan for, you know, what happens if severe weather is forecasted. You know, have we try to let people, you know, know three to five days ahead of time, you know, hey, there's severe weather scheduled for the end of the week, you know, stay tuned to your local TV and radio and stuff like that. And our social media page, which we disseminate the information directly from the National Weather Service. So kind of let get everybody a heads up on what's going to be happening next few days. You know, and we don't want them using our platform for their only w- warning or information they get to. That's where they listen to the radio and the local TV media and stuff like that. So, you know, just better to have a plan in place and activate when you need to. All right. So uh, when you say safe room, and uh, you mentioned, uh, I know there's effort over the last few years to have homeowners and property owners install safe rooms. That program's not around anymore. Well, guess, it, but, uh, it is. We don't have the federal funding for a program. Uh, we've received several phone calls in the past couple of weeks, you know, people asking if there was a safe room program, if there was some funds available that would help them uh, with the cost of one. And to be perfectly honest, we haven't had any president, you know, very many presidentially declared disasters in the state. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, COVID was actually one, but there wasn't a lot of money for hazard mitigation for like the safe room program. So, um, I've talked to the state emergency management uh, director and chief operations, you know, about, you know, is there any hazardous mit- mitigation fund available for us to do a program? But uh, at the present, there's not uh, very little money. I mean, not none that we could support a program here because when the last program that we did was back in, I think, 2018, we did, uh, I think it was a little over 100 shelters that we put uh in through Crady County on the application process. And, you know, people were reimbursed, you know, 75% of the cost up to $2,000. So it really helped, you know, kickstart putting more shelters into our communities and into the county and stuff. But, you know, I just, I had an individual from Bridge Creek to call the other, uh, the other day and they had just moved for, uh, to the area and they didn't have a safe room in their home. So I said, well, you know, follow our fa- Facebook page. If we can get a program together, that's where we'd announce it. But in order for us to put together a safe room program like we have in the past, I mean, you know, even if it's just 100 shelters, you're talking close to a half a million dollars worth of federal funds uh, to do one of these programs. So unfortunately, there's not any funding out to, to do one right, right. now. All 
All right, so if you don't have a safe room, what's the recommendation for folks? Center part of your home, put as many walls that you can between you and the outside of the structure. Uh, we've heard most of our lives, you know, go to the bathroom, get in the bathtub, which usually is a center part. Sometimes it can be uh, on the edge, but, you know, try to get someplace center, uh, lowest level, like if you have a, a two-story or something, the lowest level, or if you have a basement, that would be even great. But uh, center part, like I say, put as many walls as you can between you and your family, and uh, a lot of people will put uh, uh, helmets of some kind on kids. Bicycle helmets. Bicycle helmets yep. or something like that, and a lot of them will – uh, you know, maybe get a small mattress if they can get uh, kids and family members in a, in a bathtub and they can pull a mattress over the top just to protect you from falling debris, you know, in case something happens. So, like I say, be be ready, you know, have your, uh, have your planning ready, you know, if something happens and you have to go to your center part of your home, you know, know what you're going to be taking in there and everybody knows what what's going to happen. Right, Uh Try to get out of a mobile home if you got uh, if there's a tornado warning uh, in yes. the area, right? Yeah, if you have any kind of uh, mobile home of any kind, you know, RV, yeah, <laughs> RV or something. Which you know, we have a lot of RV places, mm-hmm. uh, RV parks, yeah, parks here in the county. Uh, some of those RV parks do have shelters. Uh, I have not seen any of them, but I've talked to several people that they actually have a some safe rooms in there, but. Uh, you know that's that's the best way because mobile homes and winds and tornadoes don't don't fare real good. All right, uh, you encourage folks to have uh, kind of uh, a stockpile of supplies just in case of mm-hmm. the weather's. I mean, we have a really bad tornado that causes a lot of damage, and uh, we could be without power for several days. Days, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and that's what we recommend. You know, if you got a safe room or. If you're, even if your home's not damaged or something, you know, having the provisions, uh, three days worth of food and water per person, you know, so non-perishable foods that, uh, you can keep in your pantry or something like that, or in a kit or something, you know, uh, that you can, uh, readily put together for everybody. A lot of people these, these days have been, uh, purchasing the me- meals to ready to eat. MREs, MREs, yeah, and uh, you know they they have a good shelf uh, shelf life. Where do you get those? You can get them on Amazon. Really, you really can. How and there's there's all different kinds of uh, brands out there uh, that you can look into for survival food or emergency food or something like that. Just do a search on Amazon, and you know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of uh, different meals and everything. But it's something that you know it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Uh, some of these MREs and stuff have heaters, you know, with packets with uh, that you can have like a pouch, say spaghetti or something, mm-hmm. and you've got a special pouch that you can uh, open up and pour just a little bit of water in it off of a uh, bottle of water and get it warmed up and put that sleeve of spaghetti in there and fold it over, put it back in the box, and in 15 minutes it's actually hot. How about that? And you just tear it off and eat it with a spoon. And, you know, a lot of people like vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian <laughs> person, but, uh, you know, hey, you do what you got to do. Sure. But right. that's that's a real popular thing nowadays. But bottled water, uh, non-perishable foods, flashlights, uh, 
a radio so you can listen to everything. Um, charger for your cell phone or something like that. Carry a battery pack. It's always charged up in case your uh, cell phone goes lower on battery. Uh, you know, have uh, some prescriptions. You know, grab your prescriptions or something like that, you know, to, or some extra ones you can put in there. Make copies of your prescriptions, your marriage license, driver's license, insurance policy, all that stuff. God forbid, you know, a tornado hits your home or something. Have them in a secure thing, you know, in your safe room or something that, uh, uh, and all, of course, some cash. If we're without uh, power for three, four, seven days or whatever, you may not have, you may not get to the store or convenience store for fuel or something, but if like a convenience store has a backup generator, they could still operate and, you know, maybe take cash, but not credit card. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just ha- keep some cash on, on standby and just in case, cause we got some great people with, uh, our elect co-ops, and PSO and stuff that do a good job of getting electricity on. But, you know, if we have a whole bunch of lines down and poles down and everything, it's going to take them a while to get power back on. That kind of leads us to generators. Yes. So need to make sure those are operating correctly. And- yeah. And, and right now is a really great time, if you haven't already did it, is to get it to the different businesses around the county that service generators. You know, changing the fluids in them and stuff, new spark plugs, and op- operate them, make sure they're e- operating like they're spo- supposed to. Uh, when you, you know, make sure you operate a generator outside. Don't, not in your garage, not especially not in your house, but in a well-vented area that, you know, if you have to draw some extension cords to it, you know, make sure it's, uh, you don't worry about carbon monoxide poisoning. So generators are, you know, great for a lot of things and everything. A lot of people have uh, whole uh, generators that run their whole house nowadays, but, uh, portable generators are usually pretty popular, but you just have to make sure they're serviced and work when you need them. What about uh, the size of the generator? What are the typical sizes? And you just want to make sure that uh, you can run a few of your appliances. Yeah. Uh, and, you and, you, and you won't be able, unless you have a whole house generator, you're not going to be able to operate. You know, if you got a 4,000, 5,000 watt generator, you know, that's run your, Maybe your refrigerator. Uh, you may have to alternate between your uh, ice box, your or deep freeze, and your refrigerator. It'll run a few lights, maybe a coffee pot, a TV. Uh, a lot of people have uh, sleep uh, uh, machines, CPAP machines mm-hmm. that they have to have. You know, so uh, that could have an extension with a surge protector on it. So. You can't run a whole lot unless you have a whole house generator, but uh, the smaller gas-powered uh, generators will work for just basic stuff. You know, you you might have to unplug something for a little bit and plug something else into it because you don't want to overload it and make your generator go bad. Uh, we mentioned uh, being aware uh, of severe weather once it's forecast, and I know you're a big uh uh, advocate of uh, the NOAA weather radios. Yes. So that's probably one of the best ways uh, to get warnings, especially at night. It is. I mean, yeah, a lot of people like the different apps that the uh, TV stations have uh, on your cell phone. They work okay. They, you know, they'll alert you. They'll keep you advised. But like you say, at nighttime, you know, in the middle of a night, whenever you have a QLCS tornado, which is something that 
fawns response real quick that you know sometimes the even the uh, news tv news uh, crews won't even see it until it's happening so if the national weather service issues a tornado warning or a tornado watch or a flash flood warning those are the three main things you have to you know set on a no weather radio you need to be advised when severe weather comes in because but if you have these no weather radios you can set them for different types of storms you can set them for multiple counties you know like if you got somebody that lives over in burden for example uh, they may be warning the war, uh, warnings for Caddo County uh, because that's a storm that's coming this way. So you don't really, unless you live on a border, uh, Caddo County, Comanche County, Stevens County or something that will move into our viewing range, you know, you might want a cup, uh, an extra county on there. But generally, if you just live in the county, one county will suffice. But you can program as many as much as seven counties on these things. We recommend that there's uh, lots of different kinds of uh, brands of no weather radios. You can get them. Uh, you can, we recommend you buy them here local. You know, I think Homeland carries them, uh, the different uh, hardware Rosses, stores, yeah. hardware stores, brands, brands yeah. Walmart. Uh, a lot of our stores carry them, and we recommend you get one. The one we like to program and really ease operation is the Midland no weather radio. Uh, They'll range, they'll range anywhere from twenty-seven to thirty-five dollars, just depending. Takes three AA uh, or AA batteries to put in. Uh, feel free to come bring them to our office if you need some help programming them. You know, we'll program them for you, show how to how to use them. Uh, but that is the best thing in the middle of a night, especially if you if a tornado warning is issued and you're sound asleep at two o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, there's a tornado warning for, you know, the southern half, northern half, or the whole county, you know, and you're sound asleep, you know. Are you going to hear that uh, app on your phone? They're not as loud as these no-weather radios. They will, they will sleep. <laughs> they'll, they'll wake you out of a sleep. Right. So, you know, and, and most people, you know, depending on where they locate their weather radio, we usually like to recommend it being in a bedroom you know, close to a window so you get a real good clear signal. You might have to move it around to get a clear signal, but uh, that's what we recommend. Right, uh, and phone apps, I think we kind of mentioned that, but um, yeah. uh, there's some phone apps that we get the Amber Alerts on our sure. cell phones, and uh, it, that'll that'll get your attention for it sure. It really so. will, it will. <laughs> and so there's lots of apps uh, that work. Uh, you know, we use an emergency notification system called HyperReach that uh, – can contact uh, cell phones in the area as if a warning is issued from the National Weather Service. So, you know, it there's people have lots of choices on how they get their weather information and their warnings, and we just want them to, you know, be prepared when it happens because it's going to happen. But don't wait until the last minute or the night. So I'm going to bed, and you know, and then come to find out you got severe weather moving to you in a couple three hours, and something may happen. So. Mm-hmm. You've got a community preparedness event coming up, and talk about that and yeah. what you'll be doing. Yeah, it's going to be Saturday, April the 8th uh, at our local Chick-fil-A Walmart. Uh, we've actually got some uh, local Boy Scouts that are working on their emergency preparedness badges uh, that's going to be helping us out. We usually, 
set a couple tables up inside Walmart and distribute uh, uh, preparedness materials and everything to anybody that wants to come by and pick some up. Walmart usually will have like a static uh, display of, you know, no weather radios. So if a person doesn't have one, they can go purchase one. Uh, they can bring, uh, go pur- purchase it, keep their receipt, and then bring it back to us at the table, and we can program them for them, show them how to use them. And uh, if they have any questions, answer them there. Or some people, you know, if they may have had their no weather ro- radio unplug for a year or two or something you know and they might forget on how to program they can uh, just bring it up there to walmart and uh, there will be four or five of us out there that'll program them for them and get them get them back in shape All right then if you've had had them for a while and haven't changed out the batteries that's probably a good thing too that's right? that's uh, a good thing you know some extra batteries or, just, or, just like your smoke alarm that's you right know? Mm-hmm. they need to be changed you know about every six months uh the no weather radio, if we do not have any chance of severe weather, you'll do a test every Wednesday at noon, you know. So that way you can – and you can set it to where it goes off, where you hear it. And Really? Yeah. Okay. You can, you can program them to have it. So they're, they're nifty to have. So That brings up uh, the, about uh, outdoor uh, storm warning sirens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the city of Chickasha and some other communities have them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have some tests from time to time as long as, you know, the weather is clear that exactly. particular day. I think Chickasha normally does it at noon on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the, the outdoor warning devices, that is seriously what they're for, outdoor activities. They're, we get phone calls from to our office. We hear them from the city of Chickasha at Tuttle and Rush Springs, all of them. You know, I can't hear the storm siren in my house. Or I can hear it, you know, in in my house. You know, if you're right across the street, you know, from your house and you got a storm siren going off, you're going to hear it, you know. (laughs) But they are not designed, manufactured, or intended for people to hear them in homes and businesses and uh, for warning purposes. Right, right. You know, for people that are, you know, doing ball games, maybe out on a golf course, maybe uh, working in their yard. Uh, maybe they're out in a shop, you know, doing some mechanic works, whatever the case is, that's for people that, you know, hear them say, oh, I, I, need, to, I need to do something. So uh, most municipalities have at least one smaller uh, community. Some of them have two, some three. Chickasha's got uh, – Like a dozen or yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, you know, City of Tuttle's put some in up there. So, you know, they're kind of all over – the county here and there but like i say you know that's what they're for is outdoor they're not made for you to hear in your home or business talk about some uh upgrades for your office you've got a great facility over there uh now across from the sheriff's office and great yeah. great staff helping you out i do i've got uh, two staff my deputy director uh, amanda wilkerson and our admin assistant laura stevens um the commissioners have really been supportive of our em program uh uh, now that we're in where the DAs used to be off uh, over on 217 North 3rd, like I say, Caddy Corner from the Sheriff's Office, uh, we have a warehouse that we, uh, in the Sheriff's Complex, that houses some of our equipment that we have over there. So, yeah, it's it's a big improvement. Uh, we actually have an emergency operations center room where we 
you know, if something does happen big enough, sometimes we'll operate a mobile EOC. Uh, if something happens, you know, a wildland fire, a flood, a tornado, something like that, where we're actually in the field, but uh, we do have an emergency operations center in our building. We have backup power there, so, you know, if we need to manage emergencies and, you know, contact our state partners and the state emergency management, as well as letting our elected officials know what's going on. Have you had storm spotter training yet? We've had online. Okay. Uh, if people would just uh, go to the local National Weather Service Norman office, they have a Skywarn uh, spotter training that they're doing. We are in like a five-county t- five region, and we host uh, annual storm spotting at different places with that region. Like last, you know, we had it in uh, Chickasha a couple years ago. Uh, Kingfisher's got it um, this time that's going on. But there is several opportunities for online people to sign up, and it's usually like 6 or 6.30 evening, last a couple hours, and it's all presented by the National Weather Service. Also, you mentioned uh, your Facebook, and uh, it's a great source for information for folks to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for not just storms, but yeah. a lot of things that you guys uh, promote. Yeah, we uh, you know we just promoted some uh, the state of Oklahoma's new page where you can uh, get your driver's license updated. You can do your change of address. You know, uh, got all kinds of questions on there about uh, CDLs and other forms and stuff like that. You know, through the health department and stuff. So we shared that on our. Uh, Facebook page a couple days ago so that way you know if somebody needs these services and it's new that they can check out and and find links and you know a lot of times we'll we share stuff from the Oklahoma Highway Patrol uh, the Oklahoma Mezzanet the National Weather Service and other uh, people that we follow and promote Uh, we typically do not promote uh, local television stations that is uh, they do a great job. They've all got their role to play, but we stick strictly with the National Weather Services, most of our stuff. So, Grady County Emergency Management on Facebook, right? That's it. All That's right. it. Dale, thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. And uh, folks need to reach out to you. How can they do that? Just uh, give us a call at uh, 405-222-2339. And uh, our Facebook page, you know, Grady County Emergency Management, and just give us a call, and we'll help with anything we can.